0: I make you guys the guests. I'm answering your emails, your questions. But there's some pretty serious things going on in the world here. As I'm doing this post, Russia is invading Ukraine, and it's riling the stock market. You got futures that are tanking. Now, who knows? By the time this gets published, it may be a completely different situation because what the market does one night can be something completely different in the morning. So hedging my bets when I say, you know, The markets are tanking right now because who knows what they might look like in the morning. But in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk all about, you know, the impacts of war with the stock market. You know, what we've seen in the past and how that applies to today and how as traders, we can put ourselves in the best situation to navigate a very tricky and difficult stock market. It was already difficult and tricky before this whole brouhaha with Russia and Ukraine came up on our radar. So, we got already other kinds of headline risks. So this just adds to it. And there may be even more headline risk that unfolds out of this whole situation with the Russians and the Ukrainians. But first, what am I drinking? I'm drinking this Heaven's Door Straight Rye Whiskey. So I'm not sure who's been drinking all of this. I might have to do another investigation of my own on that one. But any case, good looking color to it. Okay, looks really nice. To the nose, I mean, there's nothing too special. It's got like a little bit of a banana flavor to it. I would say it, it, it's not really flavorful. There's nothing that I'm really picking up on that says, hey man, this, is, this has got some uniqueness to it. It's a little bit on the bland side. It has a solid amount of heat that comes in. I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. I wouldn't say that it's mediocre. It's just somewhere lodged right there in between. I don't know. I mean, if I'm looking at this, I'd say it's probably like a five, seven out of 10. I can't really go any higher than that. And Heaven's Door, it typically underwhelms. I'm not a huge fan of it. Is this an everyday sipper? No, I wouldn't buy it ever again. I don't need this stuff. It's just not that great. So 5.7 out of 10. Back to the whole stock market trading through a war going on in Ukraine between them and Russia. Now, we got to remember, this isn't a war between the United States and Russia This isn't a war between England and Russia or any other country. This is a war between Russia and Ukraine. It's the Russian troops that are invading Ukraine's sovereign territory. Now, it's more of a proxy war like what we saw during the Cold War where you have the United States helping other countries to defend themselves. You will see that also with the other European countries and NATO countries. They will help Ukraine defend themselves. And that's a proxy war. We saw it in the 70s and the 60s and even in the 50s during the Cold War with Russia, where we had our Korean War, where we were fighting in Korea, where we were fighting in Vietnam. And then the Russians were aiding and helping the other side. It was a proxy war. It's part of the Cold War. So whether or not this is the jumpstart to the Cold War Part 2 is up for debate. But in the grand scheme of things, this isn't like the Iraq war or the Afghanistan war, where we have boots on the ground. This is a war that we're trying to support one country to defend itself against another country that is trying to take it over. So how it pertains to the stock market is this. Throughout history, when we have been engaged in military affairs, whether it's directly or indirectly, there's definitely some impact on the stock market. Typically, it's to the downside. Like I said, As I'm recording this right now on a Wednesday night, the same night the Russians attacked Ukraine, the stock market is plummeting. you got NASDAQ down 3%. What typically happens is after that initial shock, the market does rally. You take one of the most extreme events that we have seen over the last 20-plus years is 9-11. When 9-11 happened, the stock market shut down for almost the entire week. Tuesday through Friday, the entire market was shut down and then it reopened, reopened much lower, but then spent pretty much the rest of the year rallying higher. So you had that initial shock and then the market rally. Now, once 2002 started, the market resumed its sell-off from the dot-com bubble. But for a little bit of there, you had a short-term rally. Do I think it's going to happen here? I'm not sure. I think that there's a very strong potential, especially as we're hitting oversold conditions right now in the stock market where you got the stochastics and you got RSI and MACD. They're all hitting some major extremes. You could see a relief rally that stems out to where we say, "Okay, we've seen the worst. We've seen Russia invade Ukraine. Is it going to get any worse than this? And then we start to see, "Okay, nobody else is sending troops. Yes, it's a proxy war. They're going to be sending missiles or tanks or whatever to help Ukraine defend itself but it's not getting any worse so then the market will like that it'll have a new status quo and it'll rally. now where it kind of gets tricky is is you still have a similar situation like that with china and taiwan does china use this opportunity where nato and all the other countries are focused on what's going on with russia and ukraine that they use that opportunity because it's probably the best opportunity that they'll have to try to take over taiwan because if that's a scenario that starts to play out guess what you've got a whole other problem on your hand here. You've got some serious issues because that's going to have a far greater impact on the stock market if China invades Taiwan and tries to do the same thing that Russia's trying to do with Ukraine. And I would be quite confident that they're watching it with a keen eye. So while there's no doubt that the market's going to have to digest what's going on right now with Russia and Ukraine, it also sets up the potential for it to be a capitulation moment for the market where it puts in a short term bottom and then rallies thereafter. How long that rally lasts is the big question because Russian and Ukraine and geopolitical tensions is not the only headline risk that's out there right now. You see, we have a Federal Reserve that is going to be forced to start raising rates because we are in the midst of runaway inflation and that's got to be curbed. If you don't curb it, everybody's wealth, everybody's dollar power and purchasing power goes down and so that's also something that the federal reserve cannot risk and a lot of people say and i think it's massive wishful thinking here that oh this is going to give the federal reserve an out to not have to raise interest rates as aggressively anymore no i think it's going to do the exact opposite i don't know how they can look at what's going on in russia and ukraine and say hey let's back off on these interest rates maybe we will start quantitative easing again No, you can't do that there's no way because here's the thing you have Oil spiking through the roof. Oil is one of the main drivers of inflation. Oil is up a bunch and that's gonna cause the transportation costs of everything else to go up. That's gonna cause vacation prices to go up because you gotta get there somehow, right? Transportation. If your wife wants to get that cute skirt off of Amazon, guess what? It's gonna have a transportation cost to get it to you there. If your kid wants that Lego set for his birthday, guess what? There's transportation costs to get it from Europe to the United States. So inflation has to still be tamed, whether or not you have a crisis in Ukraine or not. And in fact, because there is a crisis and there is a war that's breaking out between the two countries, you've got to be even more aggressive because the oil is only going to go higher here because of this conflict. There is so much oil disruptions right now that's going to happen as a result of this all. And the reserves, they've already been tapped into. Yes, there's still some left, but that's not going to do it any good. That's like a temporary fix. You can do a gas tax holiday, but that's not going to do anything either. You have to curb demand. And right now, the demand isn't being curbed. The only way you can curb it is by raising those interest rates, by not injecting so much money into the market, by the Fed not increasing its balance sheets like it's been doing for the last you know decade. And so all that's coming to an end here. They have to raise interest rates because you've got to bring down the price of oil and you've got to bring down the price of everything else. You bring down the price of oil, other things will come down. But that only happens if you curb demand. When there's not as much money circulating, demand is shrunk. Demand shrinks. Companies have to find that middle point. If you remember that supply-demand chart where you have an X in the middle, you've got to find that middle point where supply and demand meet. And oftentimes it will come to a lower price point. So until you curb demand, inflation's not going down. Inflation's only up because demand's up so much. Kill the demand, you create a surplus of supply, prices come down. So I mentioned there being headline risk beyond Russia and Ukraine. That's it. The market's on the wrong side of the Federal Reserve right now. The market's been going up pretty much for the last 10 years because there's so much liquidity in the market. The Fed continues to come to the rescue of the market, but it this is like the first time that it can't do it because of inflation. Inflation's never been an issue until now. And guess what? When this whole Ukraine Russia thing is over with, or when it leaves the 24 hour news cycle, when you don't have reporters out in Ukraine telling you about every bomb that's dropping, the focus in the market's going to shift right back to the Federal Reserve. You have a meeting next month in March 2022. I always give you guys the years because I know a lot of you guys go back and listen to these podcasts years later. And so I always want to give you guys a time reference of what I'm talking to here. But in March, 2022, you have another FOMC meeting. And in that FOMC meeting, that's where they're expected to start raising the interest rates might be a quarter point might be a half point. I think they should do it an entire percent just to get the ball rolling, man. You want to start curbing demand, shock the system with a strong price increase. Yes. It's going to create turmoil for the market, but what do I tell people? Manage the risk. You have to manage the risk in a market. I don't care if you're a long-term investor, short-term investor. If you're not actively asking yourself, what is the line in the sand on your trade and in your investments? Look, if you're okay with holding for the next 40 years, that's your plan and that's fine. Then you don't have to worry about these events because they're 40 years down the road before it really actually matters. But if you're a trader, yeah, you should be actively managing the risk. You should always have a plan for what you're going to do before you ever get into the trade. But once this leaves the news cycle, the market's going to shift its focus right back to the Federal Reserve. You're going to hear about Jay Powell. How aggressive is he going to be with the rate hikes? And how long is it going to go on for? Is there a Fed put? Is there a place where they back off and you know cave into the markets and say, hey, we're not going to push it down any further? I think it's a lot lower than what most people think, simply because they have no choice this time with inflation. If inflation doesn't go down, they don't have much of a prayer. They have to keep raising rates. This is like 1970s Paul Volcker kind of stuff. So what can we do as a trader? And this is where I'm getting to. How do you trade through all this stuff? It took me a little while to get to it, but I wanted to lay the groundwork so that you guys understood. It. Where are we at as traders? How do we manage this stuff? Well, I'm off to a fantastic start in the year and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I guess I kind of am. But the reason why I am is because I'm trading smaller positions. In terms of not position size, position size is still the same. It's just the number of positions that I'm trading. Instead of trading like Seven or eight positions at a time or being 80% long because the market's trending. Market's now trending lower. It's very choppy. It's very volatile. We're seeing some massive swings on a day-to-day basis. I don't have to have seven or eight positions to get a good return. I can reduce my risk by trading maybe one or two positions like I'm doing right now, still get a lot of volatility, still get a lot of movement, but I'm doing so at a much lower risk level than somebody that's trying to go short or long a hundred percent. You start doing that stuff in this kind of market, your swings in the portfolio is going to be more, in most cases, than what your emotions can handle. So reducing the number of positions that you're managing. Yes, it's boring, but you know what? I'd rather be making money bored than I would be losing money and having these adrenaline rushes. I'm not into trading for the excitement. I'm into it to build my capital. And one of the best things that you can do in a market that's extremely unpredictable with lots of negative headline risk is to reduce the number of positions that you're trading. If you're only trading 10 or 20% of your capital, that's not a bad thing. That means a lot of your money is on the sidelines and it's not affected by these day-to-day volatile swings. And look, if you're up on the year right now after the horrible start that the market has seen, and I am one of them, that's a good thing. That's a good thing and you're doing it with a smaller number of positions. So, raise cash, trade smaller positions, and it's you'll be shocked at how Less volatile the market seems to you. You will not see the market as being these massive swings up and down. Okay, it's dropping 3% this day, it's going up 4% that day. And yes, if you're on the wrong side of that particular day, you'll not appreciate it, you'll not like it, but your emotions will be under control because you're only trading like one or two positions. And the other thing that I would say too is that you have to take profits along the way. That's one of the things that I hate doing, especially right now, because I'll get into QID, for instance, and I'll be up 12% on it. And I'm like, I bet you the market continues to go lower. And for those who don't know what QID is, it's a two to one inverse return on the NASDAQ 100. I don't want to get out of it. I don't want to take partial profits in it. You know, I'd, I'd rather have two thirds of a position rather than one third of a position. That's me talking. And I take some of it off the table anyways, because I know I, it is more important to stay disciplined, to not get ahead of the game. To not say, oh, this is going to the moon or this is going to colonize Mars. You can't get into that mind frame. And it's very easy to do it when the positions are going your way. And then when you start getting into that mind frame, you're always going to be caught off guard when the market rallies against you. It's going to be a paradigm shift. You're going to make emotional reaction on that particular trade because you weren't prepared for it. So you got to take some profits along the way. It's for your own sanity. Now, I like to start taking profits if I can. Now, sometimes the market is a little bit more trickier at times, so you have to be a little bit more aggressive. But for me, I like to start taking profits when I have about a two-to-one return on the reward versus what I risked on the trade. Once I can get there, man, it is, I don't want to say it's easy sailing, but man, so much risk has come off the table because you've got a good chunk of profits already sitting in your account. So the takeaways here, when there's war, there's oftentimes this capitulation moment that allows the market to rally back up even if it's for just the short term, like what we saw following the 9-11 attacks. The other one is to remember that even after this subsides and this isn't part of the news cycle, yes, the war may still be going on, but if the news isn't reporting it and the market doesn't care about it, then it's on to the next headline risk. And that is also a negative. That's going to be the Federal Reserve and the rate hikes that are more than likely to happen in March. And as traders, the best thing that we can be doing with our capital is to be trading fewer positions. And taking profits along the way. If you enjoyed this video, I'd encourage you to pound the like button. If you're watching on YouTube, pound the like button and hit the subscribe button so that you can get all of my notifications about future videos, as well as click the join button down below so you can become part of the YouTube membership. Or if you're listening to it on Spotify or Apple, go to swing trading the stock and you can get all my stock market research there. It helps support the show as well. And Make sure to keep sending me your questions. Ryan at SharePlanter.com. I read all of them. I try to put almost every single one of them into a podcast episode of its own. So make sure that you're still sending me your questions. I will read them. And if it's a question that I can answer, you can be sure that I will put it into an episode. Thank you guys and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world with your membership you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room including alerts via text email and whatsapp so go ahead sign up by going to shareplanner.com trading block that's www.shareplanner.com trading block and follow me on share planners twitter instagram and facebook where i provide unique market and trading information every day if you have any questions please feel free to email me at brian at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.